0: With the first pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Zion Williamson from Duke University.
1: What is going on? We're back with the Pelly podcast. Preseason is officially over. The Pelicans stay undefeated as we beat the Knicks tonight 117 to 116. I'm your host Jesse Roger and I'm with Jonathan Palazzolo and Tyler Nye. How are you guys doing tonight?
2: I'm back to drinking the beers on the podcast tonight Jesse. We had some, uh, some rough news so I am drowning my sorrows
0: with some beers. What about you Tyler? <laughs> uh, a little bit of both i guess you know nah no, was pretty awesome just now but uh the zion news definitely was a bummer
1: yeah i was trying to save that to the end i didn't want to start it off too negative but um, <laughs> Damn, I, that, dude. I guess we're gonna have to yeah we just bring that up you know with the, the zion injury news but before we get too too further into that let's talk about the preseason preseason was the best preseason we've seen in a long time a lot to be excited about some players, <laughs> each one more, weren't exactly, um, mm-hmm. exactly, fitting, I guess, and I think it's more because they threw him into a really bad role. But we'll get, we'll, we'll, get into that later. So, out of all these preseason games, which one do you guys feel showed the most, truest performance that we're gonna see all year?
2: Yeah, that's a good question, man. Cause uh, each, even though we we won each uh, of our preseason game. I think everyone, and I think Tyler can agree, kind of paint it like a different story for us. So, you know, we've seen some games, like I think tonight against uh, the Knicks, even without Zion, I think we've seen or I saw from the beginning that we're just going to be better than these bottom feeder teams like the Knicks. And then I think we saw when we went against really quality opponents like the Utah Jazz, especially their starters, uh, how badly we struggled. So I don't think we're in like that top echelon of teams quite yet. So overall, um, the picture that it painted for me is that the Pelicans are already a good team. And our starters are not going to com- be competing with some of these top five, top six in the West type of teams, like the Utah Jazz. And that, that's what I got out of it for the most part. Um, I know we're going to get into specifics in a second, but the overall and theme for me was that we're a good team. We're a deep team. We're
0: not one of those elite teams quite yet. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you 100% there, Jonathan. That's actually the takeaway I got. You actually saw it today in the Knicks game. Uh, it was pretty much the Knicks starting lineup going up against our bench, mm-hmm. um, and the bench won out, so good luck, Knicks. Um, but uh, you kind of saw the same thing happen with Chicago, too. Uh, we came back late behind, you know, Naw um, and company, um, and just like you said, when we went up against Utah, when we went up against San Antonio starters, you saw us struggle a little bit. Uh, the San Antonio one was more of a free throw contest. That game was really hard for me to watch, by the way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, it, it's, you're right. It's, you can see that our bench is probably uh, definitely above average. Starters still have some kinks to work out. But uh, I feel like the starters never got the run through that kind of showed the full potential. Um, besides, you know, one particular person. But yeah. we'll yeah, save ag- that for later.
2: I agree on that, man. I think the fact that in these games, especially we saw um we saw it tonight a little bit, but we definitely saw it with Chicago, we definitely saw it with Utah. When it was time for our bench to come in, a bench came in and stepped up and they played great. They played extremely well and they led us to wins. I mean, especially the next best, greatest basketball players that ever played a game, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Coming off the bench and showing out, but (laughs) I think it—I think it talks to how uh, deep this team is. And you're right, Tyler. Like our starters have quite a few kinks to work out, even a bigger kink that just happened yesterday. But even with Zion in the lineup, it was pretty clear that we have to get comfortable playing each other, uh, with each other, um, as a unit. So individuals, I think, worked really well together. We saw a lot of chemistry between Lonzo. Uh, and Zion, I think we saw a lot of chemistry between uh, Drew Holiday uh, leading the show, really kind of making sure everybody's in the right position or he he's just leading the pack. And I think he worked well with everybody. But then you saw at times where our starters looked a little bit uncomfortable with their rules with each other. So I think that's something that we have to work out, especially if we're going to be competing for for a playoff
1: spot down the road. And I think that, that comes with just playing with e- with each other, you know. Obviously, these are the first preseason games. And even, you know, basketball training camp necessarily isn't like NFL training camp. Like, you're playing you, – you, you have, like, a, a solid week's worth of practice. Yeah. And then you're playing games in between, and, and you're learning film. You're learning people. You're learning why people like the ball at when they get the pass. So it's just uh, – I think in time, we'll get better, especially defense. Team defense is a lot different than individual defense. The first game with the Hawks – i say that was almost what I would want from the team. Mm-hmm. Um, they played very cohesive as a team. Everybody contributed really, really well. Um, How they wound up finishing with 21. Uh, Lonzo only had nine points, but I think he had a total of seven assists. And then you had Ingram with 19, uh, Zion with 16, and uh, Derek Favors, who, man. Kind of stink to join up that game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think – n- I, I, Tyler has sent me numerous <laughs> videos of him being a defensive anchor, but as far as giving us anything on the offensive end, I don't know if he's going to be there to provide it.
0: Well, look, if you're relying on favors for offense with the players we have, you're yeah, in trouble. Yeah, I
1: understand. Yeah, I get you. I get that. Um, but overall, like, I felt like that game was really good. Um, Nicolo Melli showed a lot. He was plus 29 in the box. So, I mean, that was just one of those games I felt like everybody really had a a really good part and uh everybody contributed. And for me that was I felt that was the biggest game. Even though it was the first one coming out, I felt like that was big. Um and then I also thought the Jazz game was really big. You had Zion going at Rudy Gobert, um you know, defensive player of the year and really just showing finesse around the rim, just really showing way more than what I initially thought he was going to bring to the table. So while we did go five and zero, there was two games. I thought, well, especially the Chicago Bulls game. If that's a regular season game, that's a blowout for us. Yeah. Because Zach Levine was on fire that night. Yeah. He couldn't miss. I mean, the whole team couldn't miss. And then in that Jazz game, we were just we couldn't defend a corner three to save our life. So these are all things they kind of fixed and worked on throughout the preseason. But we go in Toronto. They're getting their rings. We might be without Zion you know we're really gonna have to hunker down and try to try to at least look respectable on national television
0: yeah and a, a couple of observations other observations I had from the preseason as well I feel for the most part players played to the upside of their potential so while we saw flashes I don't think anybody played to where we were like oh you know that guy stinks uh, maybe except Etoan Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, but that and realizing that the starters, pretty much all the starters come from a different system and different play style for themselves, and you could just tell they had to get used to each other, even with, like, you know, J.J. Redick knowing where the ball was going to be. you seen guys passing in spots where guys weren't there. you seen, like, a lot of turnovers like that um, as well. And the refs are really hamper- hampering down on <clears> – <throat> walking calls we'll see how long that lasts but the play styles when you watch a guy like even Lonzo and Ingram just the the I don't know the polar out uh basically how opposite they are on the court like how fast Lonzo is bringing the ball down the court and then you see Brandon Ingram just lanky self just coming down but just more of like a smooth style I don't I don't know it's it's interesting to watch because every starter feels like a completely different product that you're getting and i guess trying to mix and match those together is could be where the kinks were coming in
2: yeah and i don't know man i felt like this preseason um i feel like we didn't play as fast as i was expecting either maybe that was with us toying with the lineups and people trying not to take those one-on-one matchups down the floor uh, as uh, quickly as they should but really besides like the few times i saw Lonzo and the few times I saw Zion pushing the pace, I really didn't feel like we pushed the pace too much. Maybe that's maybe that's on purpose. Maybe we're like, listen, we know we can push the pace. Let's focus on our half court offense. Let's get the ball up the court. Let's run some sets. We saw a lot of that tonight against the Knicks. We saw a lot of half court sets. Um but man, I just I felt like we were gonna in the preseason push the pace and maybe that has to do with conditioning. I don't know about you guys, but I really didn't see that too
1: much this off season. One thing that did concern me is um, watching Lonzo Ball play. Um, Do you guys feel like he fell in love with the three-pointer just a little too much? I mean, he's got confidence. He's not hesitating. He's he's stroking it well. Um, But as far as, would you like to see him go inside more? Like, I I understand, like, some people think he has a deficiency when it comes to free-throw shooting. And I think we've even brought that up on a podcast the last couple of years. He's been pretty bad. But overall, this, this uh, this preseason... He hasn't been awful like at the at the line. So would would you say him going to the going inside more would be beneficial or do you like him kind of hovering around the three line?
2: I hate him hovering around the three point line to be honest with you. I'm interested in he I'll take Yeah, his three point shot looks great. Oh, I, I don't wanna, let me back off. It doesn't look great, it looks better, much improved. But I mean you're talking about a six five point guard. You're talking about an athletic point guard we saw today we saw with Lonzo he finished an alley we saw today he finished an alley this is a crazy athletic dude he's quick he can push the pace he can get inside he's got to work at finishing at the rim he's got to work at creating contact we don't want to um we don't want him to fall in love with that three-point shot because we have a lot better options than Lonzo Ball shooting a three-pointer we don't need that so I want to see a guy who can get to the inside draw attention at the rim and then once that starts happening the passes become easy especially to some of our finish that finishers that we have, like Lonzo, um, a cutting Drew Holiday, or a three-point J.J. Redick sitting in the corner. So I'm not upset with Lonzo taking the threes because he's getting comfortable with his new shot. But at the same time, I want to see this dude drive. I want to see this dude create mismatches. I want to see him force defenders out of place so he can make the correct pass, and I think that's what he's best at.
0: Yeah, that's something I lobbied for with Lonzo was him going to the basket um, and... It almost seemed like he didn't want to do it because of maybe the free throws he shot. But i he's actually averaging close to three uh, per game now as far as free throws compared to the one he was averaging last season. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's small sample size, obviously. But I've seen him take a, a couple more to the rim. But he's got the, he's got the speed. He's got to get in there. And he makes great passes. Uh, his basketball IQ is just ridiculous. Like the, the passes he can make on the court and his feel for the game – is uh, is I haven't seen anything like that at a point guard since since Paul. Like, it's, yep. it's ridiculous what he can do. And I want to say one, one other guy who has that same level on our team. Uh, we'll talk about him later. But, I, I mean, I was impressed with Lonzo. I agree with you all. I want him to go to the basketball more. But at least the shot's starting to look good. And he took a mid-range shot, which was nice.
2: Yeah, and we saw when he attacked the rim. I think it was the San Antonio game. Uh yeah, San Antonio game. He took 6 free throws um when he was attacking with the San, against the San Antonio Spurs. And that's 6 free throws in 20 minutes that he played and he made 4 of them. Um and then when you look at uh when he attacked the rim a little bit more with Utah, again, that's a team that forces you to play in half-court sets. So it forces you uh to actually run an offense and we would like to see Lonzo Ball getting into the lane a lot more when we're running our half-court sets. We saw him do that um, against Utah, and it looks like he took five free throws and he made out five of them, and that was in 23 minutes. So he has the ability. It's there. He's shown it. Um, we just want to see that more consistently out of Alonzo, and I think that's going to benefit this team tremendously.
1: And, is, and Tyler, you were, you were going to say there was another player you wanted to talk about a little bit later.
0: Yeah, uh, the other player whose vision, I've, and I've talked about this before, but the other, the other guys, but, well, actually two guys, but Naw. Uh, Naw, nah, wow, dude. Like some of the passes he was making out there, that was one he made tonight mm-hmm. that he wrapped around behind his back, uh, behind Julius to Nicola Melly in the corner. Melly missed the shot, but the pass was just like, holy sh- shit, somebody go back and watch that pass. Let me, let me ask you a question here,
1: and I'm sorry to cut you off Tyler. No, like you're good. How many games into the season will we be watching Alvin Jensie roll Etwan Moore out as a point guard? Where we'll be screaming, uh, why mm-hmm. isn't off the, the first guy off the bench to be the point guard? Why isn't he running I, offense? How many so games So and
0: So what was funny tonight, too, is Nall was on the court with Moore, and they had Moore bringing the ball yeah, up. I and I'm it. just like, we've seen this for like three years. This does not work. Why, why continue to do that? It's a... I don't know if it's respect for more or they they like his leadership, what he brings to the game, because I do see like his on-court communication. Um, but it just it doesn't work, man. When Naw's got the ball in his hand, just things happen, you know. And that's such a generalized thing to say, but that that's really how it is, and I'm sure everybody can attest to that if they watch the preseason.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can, I can. I'm kind of in the same boat with Jesse here, and we were talking before we started the podcast. Naw is making Alvin Gentry's life a lot easier, but it's definitely forcing him to make some difficult decisions. Like, when you saw tonight, Tyler, and I actually got to watch what you just said. I didn't get to watch the whole game, but I got to watch Etwan Moore dribble the ball up. It felt like a waste of time. It felt like he just dribbled up to hand the ball off. And I don't know. With a team that wants to get up shots quickly and efficiently... Those wasted four or five seconds waiting for Etuan to bring the ball up just is exactly that. It's just a waste. So, man, I like more, and I appreciate what he's done for this team in the past, and there probably will be a game or two. We were like, that was a clutch shot by Etuan, but with this young team, it just seems like there's more options, especially a team like ours that runs probably nine or ten deep every night. He might be, he might be the guy that's the odd man out.
1: Now, I will say this. Um... I had the chance to go to the Utah game mm-hmm. in New Orleans. And something I noticed with Naw is when he when he took the ball up the court, he was trying to get across the half court line within a second. Yeah. And he was yep. making yep. and he was making his first pass within three seconds. So, you know, he obviously understands what Gentry's trying to do. He's trying to get the best shot within I would say the first twelve seconds.
2: Yeah. Agreed. And, and and you know, and we've seen the benefits of that with this gentry offense. You know, it puts it puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Plus if we get an efficient start quickly, take it immediately, take it with confidence, and all we'll put you in a position to do that like he did tonight. And if it's if he's not putting you in a position to do that, he's the guy doing it. So it's nice to see that out of a rookie.
1: Yeah, and he, he finishes around the basket a lot better than I thought because I had criticized mm-hmm. the shit out of him about not being super athletic, but where where he lacks elite speed is he makes up in creativity easily i mean whether it's a hesitation dribble pro hops i mean or euro steps um he had like a james Mm harden-esque euro tonight i mean like just just unbelievable even even like the step back tonight he had yeah he just finds ways to give him space to knock down open shots Yeah, and and, and I was super, super critical of the guy's elite speed, not having elite speed, but he's proved me wrong on that, and, you know, I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so, though. Like, you look in college,
2: and the athleticism didn't jump off the charts. Obviously, the dude's put in work this offseason. Obviously, this guy is truly serious about improving, and he has that—I don't know, man. I don't like to be— I don't like to not back what I say with statistics, but it just looks like he has that factor. He has like that it factor of a player where he understands what's going on at all times. He seems very level-headed, and he was what a third-leading scorer throughout preseason coming off the bench. That's amazing. Yep. So, um,
1: and getting and and honestly, looking he he only ever averaged about eighteen to twenty minutes. Right. And, and he's
2: he's not averaging the third most amount of minutes, but he's averaging the third most amount of points. That's awesome coming from him. And uh, he sets up the offense really well. So, guys, we have a deep team, man. And I'm, I'm really interested. And maybe we'll answer this question later. But I'm really interested after these first five games, what do you think our rotation is going to be like? Uh, not playing for specific matchups, but just if we want to put our best guys out on the court and be most successful most nights, who do y'all think would be the rotation? And, uh, you know, I'm looking at the rotations right now. I'm, I'm just kind of interested to see... What does Finch do? And what does Alvin Gentry come up with in terms of our rotations?
1: So the starting lineup, and let's let's not talk about injuries right now. Let's yeah. just talk about on face value what this team will look like. Mm-hmm. We know the starting lineup is going to be Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, Derek Favors, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram. Right.
2: So, yeah. I think we're all in a great right, Tyler. Like, that's the starting lineup. That's set in stone. Yep. I can't see that yep. changing. Yeah. So now we gotta we gotta figure out what are we gonna do with the next six or seven guys. So the first
1: sub is always gonna be Derek Favors. He's coming off the court every time. Right away. Right away, and he's gonna come off the court and usually um usually this is when Melly enters a game.
2: We've seen Melly come in for him. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we have. So
1: I could see that being I could see that continuing. Yeah. Um Jaleel has had some really good uh minutes this mm-hmm. uh this preseason. But I don't know if he comes directly out. I think they like that matchup with Zion and Melly. I don't have any advanced statistics to tell me that right now in front of me that show, you know, how well they play together. But I'm sure once the season gets started, you know, that will translate. Um, Then next, obviously, somebody's going out. I think usually Ingram goes out and JJ comes in. And they kind of run like a three-guard set. And then usually Drew Orlonzo comes out, and that's where the the question mark comes. Right. And for me, if I'm going with two more guys, I think you I think you have to go with Nikhil Alexander Walker. And a guy that impressed the shit out of me this this preseason, and he's he did it last season, and he just his rebounding is elite. As long as he can keep consistently knocking down threes. You can't deny him minutes either, and he's quietly been very good. And that's Ken Rich Williams. He has been.
2: I saw saw a tweet today about him that said, Kenny's hustle alone gets you three or four more possessions a game.
1: Absolutely. Which is
2: huge for the Pelicans. And and
1: this team is not all that great rebounding-wise. Right. Mm -mm. So if we're going to be what we want to be and push the ball – you need a guy like Kenny Rich Williams to be able to come down with the three, what what a rebound, what a defensive rebound. Yeah. And maybe
2: they were showing their hand a little bit, but I Kenny, Kenny got over 20 minutes every single preseason game.
1: Yeah. And I think he deserves it. So maybe,
2: maybe we are showing our hand a little bit that if we still want to maintain our size and we still want to bring the type of offense that we want, Kenny might be that perfect combo of size, ball handling and defense that we want, uh, to come off the bench for the Pelicans. So he played over 20 minutes every night. Um, he never flashed huge points at all. I think the most points he scored in a game was like, uh, what he had, he had like 10 points one game. But you're right, he brings those intangibles. He brings hustle. He brings defense. He brings rebounding, which, God, did you see against Utah, man? I felt like we were getting our rebounds so badly every Bad. possession. Yeah. So that's something he can help out with. Um, And I like that. I like that, you know? He showed a lot to me this preseason, and... You know, I'll I'll eat crow a little bit here. I was pretty impressed with Frank. So if we need a bucket off the bench as well, and we're going with like a smaller ball lineup, I can see Frank being that ninth guy off the bench. um, Okay. Coming in and and getting us a bucket or two.
0: Yeah, no. uh, Kenrich has been playing the passing lanes like crazy uh, on defense. Um, Just causing deflections, not always getting steals, just disrupting. Uh, making it harder for teams to get inside, which is great. And I think what's kind of good about Kenrich is he can play the three and four um, and play the four in, in spot minutes. I've seen people advocating to start Kenrich Williams at the four, mm. but um, I, I don't really know about that. I mean, I would be fine with Ingram starting at the four if, if Zion was out for any reason. Uh, but with, Kenrich, he's just a, a low-usage guy. You know, I talked about him uh, in the offseason, but he's a low-usage guy. He's not a guy who needs the ball in order to be successful and be impactful on the court, which is what you need with so many uh, high-scoring guards on this team. Um, and it also him kind of diving down to the fore a little bit and needing it for rebound, just like y'all said, uh, kind of frees up some minutes as well for – uh Josh Hart, Frank Jackson, guys like that that can come on the floor and bring more impact uh on the offensive side of the ball.
2: Yeah. As well. And man, I I had a chance to I teach at Sherman High School, so I had a chance to sneak into basketball tryouts today for the uh junior varsity team and the coach when they they play 5 on 5 to end the practice and the coach was like, "Listen, I want to see people who impact the game. That doesn't mean scoring." Like, I want to see who can impact the game without scoring, without the ball in their hands. If you can show me that right now, I promise you I have a spot on the team for you. And I don't think anybody embodies that more than Kenny Williams. The dude does not, and I love that you said that, Tyler. The dude does not need a high usage rate to impact the game. And that's exactly what you want out of an eighth guy. Or that's exactly what you want out of a guy coming off the bench, potentially getting 15 to 20 minutes. How does he impact the game? without the ball in his hands and that message holds true all the way up to the nba so pretty um i was pretty low on kenny coming in there was that was one of the guys along with frank that i thought might get phased out but he's proven a lot to me especially a team that's this deep he's proven a lot to me that he doesn't need the attention to impact the game so shout out to kenny
0: yeah yeah so they run a. Um most likely going to run a nine, ten man rotation. So if you look at the normal names and the people that's been playing in the preseason to where you can see they get regular season minutes, it's been at about 11. Yeah. So I, I think we're all going to have the same odd man out. But I don't think that's Gentry's odd man out. What, I, do, you, I, yes. what do y'all think would, happens? Yeah. Do you think, <laughs> that that, that is, is so true. Tyler. Yeah. All right. yeah. Do you think Gentry just kind of does it matchup dependent? Do you think he wants to try to stick to a certain rotation? Um, what, I, what do y'all think? I think he's gonna try to stick
1: to a, ro- a rotation, and I think he's gonna be forced to go matchup dependent and best player overall. Like I, I think he's. There are guys who are looking at this. The, I mean, we're just some podcasters from Shalmet, Louisiana, and we can see who the odd man out needs to be. There are people who are paid well into six figures to look at these games and see who is playing the best and who is not. And believe me, they're all saying the same thing as who needs to be out on the court and who doesn't. And and for me, I just don't know where Etwan Moore is is better than Josh Hart or Nikhil Alexander-Walker.
2: Yeah, and and It's it's gonna come to matchups too. Like, like obviously, if we play a team that has multiple bigs that are giving us trouble, like a Utah Jazz, right? If we play a team like that, then you know we're going to give Jaleel Okafor more minutes because we don't want our backup center to be Melly. Oh yeah. You know we want Jaleel Okafor to be able to go in and go body to body with these guys. Um, so so, yeah, we're probably gonna stick to ten guys, but you're gonna see. Some nights, like, that 10th and 11th guy potentially switching in minutes distribution. And that goes to matchups as well. But you're right. There's going to be somebody... You can't play everybody. Gentry addressed that. Such a nice guy. I kind of hope he has the balls to let people know uh, what he expects out of them this season. And, and maybe that not, might not be a lot of minutes coming off the bench for some of these guys.
0: And how so do you know, if talent? you guys had... Yeah, uh, I mean, pretty much the same way. I think you will see nights where you will see, you know, um, all guys on there. Maybe uh, maybe Frank Jackson comes in and his shot's not falling. And, it, honestly, if Frank's shot's not falling, he's not going to be as useful um, on the court. Although he has worked on his uh, – I feel like he's worked on his ball handling um, as well as getting into the paint. He fe- I feel like he does that better uh, than he did last year just off of the little bit I've watched him. Um yeah, do you do y'all think Nikhil plays game one? I I, I think he has to.
2: I think he. Gets, I think he has
0: to I, until he proves you otherwise. I
2: think he gets fifteen and
1: twenty minutes game one.
0: I I truly believe that. Uh, I'm gonna say he gets.
1: So I, I've been looking at JJ Reddick's minutes, and I feel like the team's been keeping his minutes down for sure. So I think I think he's. Uh, I think there's gonna be a definite increase there. So I do think Nikhil will get minutes, just maybe around like 10 to 12.
2: Here's the deal. So we play um we play Toronto that first game and let let's just say that Drew's on the bench. Um that puts our primary ball handler coming off as N- no, right?
1: I, I don't think that's what Gentry I mean, right well, now. I'm saying
2: like if if Drew and Lonzo come off, maybe you can stagger those minutes, right? Maybe you keep one on yeah. at all times. But I mean, if, if if Lonzo and Drew on the bench, I mean, damn, I don't want to, I don't want to put Frank or Etwan as the ball
1: handlers. You know, uh, for me, like if, if they're on the bench, I mean, just go ahead and do it. You got nothing to lose. Why not? I mean, why yeah, not, I mean, know? we're we're not we're not looking for a championship this year, and if this guy is projecting to be what he, he's projecting to be, then give him the minutes. Let him keep developing. Let him get into a groove, and and maybe he becomes. What Donovan Mitchell was his his rookie year? Like,
2: what better way to start? Griffin preaches this all the time. We want our players to play in significant minutes in significant games. Like, what better way to get significant minutes than on the road against the champions?
0: Yeah,
1: in a hostile environment. A hostile environment. Yeah. I mean, th- that moment there. If he can break through and shine in those moments, then he 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 sold me one hundred percent.
2: And and nothing's told us. I mean, nothing's uh, been shown to us that forced us to be contrarian about this view at all. Right now, it's every moment that he's had that he's been put in, he succeeded. He he's shown that he can handle anything up to this point, albeit summer league, albeit preseason. But we've seen some of these top ten rookies struggle, and naw has kind of said, "Not me. Like that's that's not going to be me. I'm gonna come in here and I'm gonna own it." And I would love, I would, I would just love if he comes in off the bench. And let's say, like, a close game in the second quarter, and just makes two or three really good plays, maybe knocks down a three pointer and puts the team up, you know, more points than what they were up than when he first came out. So I'm excited, man. Like, he's definitely net as Ion's out. Like, he's our rookie right now. You know, he's yeah. like the rookie right now that we're paying attention to. So it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah. A couple of things with that is the. I guess the one negative you can look at his game is the high turnovers, but honestly most rookies have high turnovers. So that's pretty normal. Um, and I do feel like he needs to get a consistent amount of minutes. I don't feel like personally, and y'all could say this too, but I don't feel like he's the kind of guy you can have just come in for two or three minutes uh, to start the second and then bring him back in uh, end of the third and stuff like that. Just, to try to get impact off of him, that, that won't work. I think he needs to have at least 12 to 15 minutes to have impact on the court Yeah, um, just that, to get, get going.
1: That's absolutely right.
2: But, I mean, to that end, I think he needs less minutes to make a significant impact than Frank Jackson does. I don't think he requires yeah, I agree. a lot of shots or a lot of minutes to get into a rhythm like Frank does. Yeah. So
0: And his... His on-ball defense has been um, pretty good for a rookie, to be honest. Uh, I I don't know if you saw it tonight, Jonathan, but I know a lot of people did. He had the clutch play to end it. He took Julius, Julius Randall, Randall head-on, slapped the ball right out of him clean. So, yeah, I mean, he's 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 been doing stuff like that. He was doing stuff like that in summer league. So I I don't I I don't see where he can be a negative at this point for yeah. you, and I don't think Gentry. Can fool himself into that either. So and the last unless thing, it's something we don't know.
2: The last thing I'll say about it is I don't want to overreact to Nikhil Alexander Walker, but I just ordered his jersey in every colorway. So just,
1: just, <laughs> your heads up. Yeah. <laughs> Are we supposed to be getting a, a new jersey? Uh, like a new. There was no official announcement,
2: but every year we're allowed to have like a, a yeah a different alternate. We'll see.
1: I want
0: a new court.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I thought they were gonna do. Obviously, last year they had the the Mardi Gras and the, yeah. the, the just the inverse color of that, but we'll see. I don't know. I feel like Bro, real I, cool. I feel like when I went to the game, right? There was a lot of um black and red color scheme. Did you see that inside yeah, the I team did. store? I did. Mm-hmm. There were
2: suppose I looked that up too, man. Supposedly, a lot of teams are doing that like a black color way, Oh, Okay, with All their right. normal colors, because I was getting excited about that too because I saw black and I saw gray. Yeah, and I was like, what the hell? And then there was our normal colors on top of that. But it turns out that it seems like that's a theme throughout the NBA. like they're throwing black and gray with the normal team's colors. Yeah.
0: Real quick too, andna. Like, how weird is his shot? Like
2: it's the left hand. It's the guide hand? So he releases his guide hand. It's on, I, I looked at it closely today. It's almost on top of the ball, like at the very top of the ball. So when he shoots it, he releases his guide hand so early and so far away, it looks goofy. But what that does is it prevents his guide hand, his left hand, from getting in the way of his shot. So what that means Genius. is what that means is and most NBA players do this, but he just does it so blatantly. And if you get your guide hand out of the way and it's just your right hand, your shot can be more consistent. You want less you want less variables in your shot. And that's kind of like the opposite with Lonzo, whereas Lonzo moves the ball so much and his guide hand is like kind of getting in the way when he shoots. No on the other hand, he gets it out of the way early and it's consistent every single time he shoots. Even when he misses, it looks like the same shot every single time. So, mm-hmm. you know, he he has the makings, honestly guys. Like we never even talked about his shooting. We talked about everything but his shooting. And that might be his best asset coming out of college. So, man, again, every colorway jersey I will have of no
0: Oh yeah, and that's and that was the la- last thing I'm gonna say about him, but uh there was just so many things I was impressed with. He <laughs> may be he may be the best off dribble shooter we have on this team already. Every colorway, Tyler. Every <laughs> every single one. <laughs> but how many times did he pull up off the dribble and that thing just sunk in? Dude, that's and the, you know, that's something Drew's it? struggled with for a long time. Yeah. So like and a lot of the shooters we have on this team are spot-ups. Uh, so.
2: Dude, what about that step-back, man? Did you see that step-back Oh, step back man, thing? yeah. Oh, it wasn't a step-back. He was going to his left and stepped back. That was ridiculous. And it looked so smooth. You know, I understand why Drew said that's his favorite player on the team because he's a boss, man. Yeah, he's, he's yeah.
1: not scared of the moment at all. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just, man, years from now, if, 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 if he continues to project the way he's projecting – we're going to talk about how he
0: slipped to to 17
1: it's going to be one of those things where like how did he fall that far, that far yeah. i agree i agree
0: yeah and jonathan go look up that pass uh well, i saw it baby oh, we saw he it yeah. oh i saw it so, that was the go, first okay. thing
1: we when when he came in the house yeah we were looking at it and it was just like oh. and he's done that multiple times like that's just not like a, like yeah. he he's yeah. set melly up a few times if if melly could just fucking and, nail a yeah. shot every day. <laughs> like, i know i know melly, melly had a rough night he was for those one,
2: he was yeah, two for seven that, from threes tonight.
0: There's but. some things with Melly. I I feel like I should probably save until I see him a little more. Yeah, I I just think it's conditioning. I mean, he
1: he looks like he's fucking tired. He did. yeah, he was
0: he was barely bouncing at the beginning of the game though. Uh I forget who it was. One of the guards for the Knicks. <laughs> I rebounded him three times in a row because he couldn't get his feet off the ground. Yeah, yeah. he.
2: He, he doesn't look too
1: athletic. He brings a lot to the court, but yeah, he, he, he struggled tonight. He's going to be a guy you can only play like 10, 10 15 minutes a he, night. Nothing yeah. nothing more. Yeah, He's not going to be Nikola Miritich, that's for sure. No,
2: he's not. He's not going to start Um, unless there's some injury things. Knock on wood. But he'll come off the bench. I, my goal for him, I want to see him take
1: six to seven three-pointers a game. I really do. I um, just don't want him to be – I remember fucking Ryan Anderson – would have these nights when he would just he would just chuck and shoot chuck it up right and shoot and that's what i don't want look if it's not fucking going in try to find a better try to find a better a better option here's the thing with melly
2: he's been taking a lot of three-point shots um but they've been really well set up he hasn't been chucking them yeah um unfortunately they're just not they're just this preseason they're just not falling i think you'll. i'm
1: hoping he eventually gets used to an nba three-point line yeah and they start falling for him. I think it's just going to take a little minute. He does a lot of other things really well. He, he can put the ball on yep. the ground. Um, he, he passes the ball pretty well. He does. He's got really good vision. Rebounds very well. I mean, besides the night. But I think that's just more or less like he's getting used to NBA minutes and, and, and the NBA tempo. Yeah, so Yeah, think, and you can
0: tell he's a Oh, I'm sorry.
1: No, I I, I mean, I'm pretty much going to say what you're probably going to say is you can tell he's trying his best out there. It's just he he's not nba ready yet as far i mean he's he's an nba player but he's just not he's not fit
0: yeah i well what i was gonna say is i feel he has a good understanding for the game already um and he kind of already knows how the game is called on the referee side which is kind of good kind of knows what a foul is and what isn't knows he does know when to box out fundamentally he seems sound but yeah i agree with y'all as far as the conditioning goes but um ellie it, it is not the thing we should probably talk about as much. If y'all want to get to the real, enough positive bitches.
1: Mm, here we into, go. Yeah. Let's here tell me it is. To the uh, the big news that came out today. First of all, fuck the Pelicans for doing the the way they did it. All right, because yeah, I was. What happened? I think I was. I, I don't know how. It, oh, I was at work. I was at work, and um, I have Sprint, and if anybody has Sprint, mm-hmm. you know that. Fucking service is trash, and uh, I get like the alert from the Pelicans app, and it's like an update on Zion Williamson's medical, uh, a medical update on Zion Williamson, and in the past when I've gotten those fucking alerts, mm-hmm. it's always been something fucking complete trash, like players out for fucking season or or eight months or. Or just something unreal where it's like, oh my God, dude, can you can I believe and then so I, I couldn't get service and I couldn't update it to see what was going on. And I'm just like, oh my God, I know it's bad. Like I know this is gonna be the worst thing ever. So I, I, I had to like finagle away through a city computer to to get on mm-hmm. to to the pelicans dot com and sure enough I read it and I was like Right knee soreness and a bunch of other bullshit, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah, what? Is- and then
0: he always texts me and Jonathan. You know, yeah, <laughs> Zion's yeah. out. That's the one time he tells us something. It is bad news. Yeah, uh- I
2: will. I will say, man, maybe this is the same for y'all. But since I've started, since we've started this podcast, anything Pelicans related, I now get text messages like nonstop. From yeah, people. exactly. Yeah, yeah. they're like, the "Dude, do this. this do this. Like."
1: Um, Well, I'm not going to give you a shout out, but yeah, I saw it, you know, I see it. And, and then this morning I'm, I'm knocked out cold. And, uh, to show you how much like people know, like the Pelicans, my, my girlfriend does not watch the Pelicans at all. Hey, she she bought you tickets though. Yeah. She did buy me tickets. She she is like, she knows so little. So I see her standing at the hallway and she's calling my name and she's like, I think you should really check your phone. And I'm like, what the hell, you know, what's going on? She was like, it's about Zion. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I open it up, and I see the news from Waj that he's possibly going to miss weeks, but it's not severe. And that's the last thing any of us wanted to hear. I mean, we just got got done watching this dude tear up preseason. Like, I was so hype on him playing this first game I mean, I can't tell y'all the amount of shit I've been talking to people mm-hmm. <laughs> because I had to hear all pre- prior to this, just how he was going to be a bust and that he was fat and the weight was going to get it, catch up to him and all this nonsense. And he comes out in preseason and he's dropping basically 20 and 10 on 75% shooting and is doing with, with ease. Like it looks like he's really not even trying and just making explosive plays I mean, his his court vision was amazing. And then I get this news that we might not have him for an unexpected amount of weeks. We don't even really know. And it's just so... And, and when I read it, she looked at me, she was like, you don't even look upset. And I was like, no, I'm just numb to this shit now. Because yeah. never have we ever oh, started a yeah, season dude. without some major piece not being able to go. So uh, it's just for me, it's just like... Okay, like, next man up. I mean, I want him to be there, but if he can't, I mean, we're just going to have to continue on. And, you know, it 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 it's it sucks because there was so much hype going into the season. I mean, I know TNT, ESPN, and all those other broadcasters are like, God damn it, we put the Pelicans on yeah, 30 fucking times in the first 30 games, and this dude might not even be there for half of them. I mean,
2: dude, between – I mean, we can just go down a list of people that have got hurt. We – with Anthony Davis, what happens with him, Drew Holiday throughout the years, uh, Tyreek Evans, um, Eric Gordon. Your favorite player. Eric Gordon yeah. uh, dealing with his fat issues whatever the fuck he was dealing with. So, like, if any franchise or if any basketball fan base is numb to this at this point, like Jesse said, it's us. We're just, it's like every season something pops up. Right, Tyler? It's 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 frustrating um yeah you know but but we we do have a lot of players that i'm excited about that i think are going to get opportunities because of this but like there's no way to really i don't know there's no way to pretty this up a lot you know it's 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 frustrating it's it's it sucks
0: yeah it's frustrating for me i think more or less not because of impacting the team as far as wins or losses but just being able to watch zion um he's a like, show yeah dude coming from mr mr davis where he he which by the way i don't know if y'all saw the article recently about him wanting to see his name in the tabloids or whatever but he basically kind of admitted he didn't try every night for the pelicans which i think we all already knew yeah which and to come in and watch a player just explode and just show what it was to be like the next I i i Not to compare the players, but just uh, that's what I had been watching for, you know, seven years now. Um, And to see Zion and the way he played was... it, It felt like I was watching something different. It felt like I wasn't watching NBA basketball. And it made that team so fun and so exciting. And as soon as he was out, the team just felt bland. It felt like I drank a Diet Coke, you know. It was... They took all all the fun out of it and you know like the pelicans team that we have now is still talented uh there's still a lot of talent on the floor and that team can still win games but man just as far as a fan itself it's just it's not it's not going to bring me the same enjoyment it's th- true without zion on like, the court,
2: like the entertainment value that zion brings i mean it is it's almost second to none lebron james is up there i guess steph curry's up there james harden but I mean, his rookie season, I'm not I'm not comparing his own court play. I'm just comparing his entertainment value to those yeah. guys. Like you wanna watch Zion. And you're right, Tyler. Today we were texting each other, like, damn man, this game's kind of kind of struggling to watch this game knowing that Zion's not in here. But, you know, I think Naw kinda of brings that excitement back a little bit, which is why we're excited about him. Agreed. Uh, so especially on especially looking at like Pelican's Twitter and Pelicans Reddit. When I was in the game, man, something special is about to happen. Or or we we're waiting for something special to happen. Not quite to the same effect of his ion, but it, it it kind of fills that void a little bit. But as a Pelicans fan, as a New Orleans Hornets fan back in the day, watching watching these injuries go down, man, it gets um it gets frustrating to watch year after
1: year. Did any of you watch the YouTube video that was posted on Reddit? It it's a doctor kind of talking in detail. Yeah, I did. It makes. It I don't. Sense. I don't really. Ag- can you explain? I, I agree explain with you some of religion, it, but I, I, like I no, no. Like I, I agree one hundred percent with what that doctor says. Like when you look I at Zion walk, it's his knees are kind of inverted inwards a little bit. And, yeah, and but he, it's he has this like side to it, side. It's
0: not a normal walk. No, it's not. Well, there's there's a couple other things going in as play, and I'm I'm not a doctor by any means, but his knees go in, but. I mean, you watch him move on the court, and it, it doesn't – I don't see that at all. I, he has a bigger frame, and I think we all know that, and people have different body types. Um, I, I've, I mean, I've seen guys walk like that all the time. I think, sure, he put on a little more size, but I, I think that's what people keep coming back to is the weight. They just keep pulling up that number, that 285, that 285. But, I mean, we all see him. Dude don't look 285. Oh, no, he uh, looks 285. I I mean
2: he's not a fat 285 but, is what you're saying like
0: 285 yeah people act like it's you know a hand bone going out there on the court just like you know rolling around but he he's he's not like that um I don't I don't know when I see him move on the court I I don't see that so
2: so so that,
0: so if you got I'm just gonna ask y'all this
2: question just to see if y'all can answer it intuitively like when you injure your ankle or when you injure your knee um. They want you to use unless you have like some type of surgically repaired ankle or surgically repaired knee. If it's just like some type of sprain or something like that, and you wear a brace to kind of help you out with a little bit, why did the doctors recommend that you don't continue wearing that brace for a long period of time? Just curious. It, w- what do you guys think the answer to that is? Why Why would a doctor tell you to stop wearing that brace?
1: I think because you
2: uh, become dependent on it. Right. That's exactly right. Like You become dependent on it, so your muscles aren't building up because they're so used to that extra support. So Zion is 285, and he absolutely needs to shred weight. But it's not 285 of fat that he's just lugging around. It's 285 pounds, and a lot of it is just strictly muscle. So, yeah, he's 285, and yeah, his joints are getting a lot of pressure, and he does need to lose weight. I'm not saying he's not. What I am saying is this dude is so muscular at his age and so crazily muscularly developed that that pressure on his joints is not the pressure of a fat guy like his muscles are absorbing a lot of that like he's able to do the things that he's able to do on the court because of his athletic ability and the muscles that that athletic ability has warranted him or has uh profit that he's profited from so That's the idea behind it. Like, yeah, Zion weighs probably too much to continue what he's doing with just uh, stress on his joints. But you can't think of it as stress of a 285-pound guy. You got to think of it as the stress of a 285-pound guy that is mostly muscle. And that kind of changes the narrative a little bit.
1: But I think when it comes to... So, just reading up a little bit on it. When it comes to ligaments, and, and we're talking ligaments grow... As much as you grow, right? But they don't grow necessarily as fast as him just going, sprouting up to six foot six. Yeah. 285. So as of right now, you can't tell me that his ligaments are adjusted to what, to the amount of like weight he has on him. Yeah. And, and this is something I'm going to ask y'all, and y'all are going to probably throw something at me, except Tyler, because he was in North Dakota. (laughs) But... (laughs) Would y'all hold him out from back to backs this season, just because of the the knee soreness issue? Would would you just play? Would you just do away with back to backs for him?
2: Uh, absolutely.
0: No, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take him out. I would. I mean, the goal is to have him as an eighty two player. You know, franchise but superstar.
1: We were pretty. We were pretty relax with anthony davis i remember monty williams who who want who saw greg odin yeah basically decimate his career due to injuries we saw monty williams be very 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 protective of ad and while ad has had a bunch of nagging little injuries for the most part he's been able to play 60 plus games
0: but it it it's a couple of different situations I mean you play the data so if if this knee issue is an isolated thing because people uh you know want to point it out the one knee injury he had was on the opposite knee and that was because his shoe exploded um and it, it was it was a very minor one probably wouldn't even be a big deal if he wasn't already the top draft pick um I, I mean look at the data this could this could simply be. I got to see more about what the knee injury is before I assume that. If he's actually, if they come out and go, look, we're worried about his knees, this and this, then yeah, absolutely, 100%. I would even, if it came down to it, if I had to sit him for the rest of the season just to make sure we got him in the right shape, I'd be willing to sacrifice that. Um, but you have to play the data. Uh, if he's got to sit back-to-backs already, I'm worried. I'm worried. Some something's wrong, but I'm not saying, I'm not
1: saying I'm saying out of an abundance of caution.
0: At some point you can't be cautious in basketball. If you, if you play like that, you know, I mean, it's just going to happen. Like, you can't, you can't prevent injuries to that extent. Like just because of a, of a back to back. I think he, I think he should go with it. He's young. He's, he's got the energy. He's got, he's, he's got the build. He's not AD. He's not sticks and bones going out there in his rookie season. He can take the physical punishment, uh, which I love how Reggie Miller said he couldn't today in the game. That was funny. But I mean, yeah, if his knees are getting any extra stress and I kind of talked about this earlier in like what I tweeted, uh, off the, off our account. Um, I think this is an opportunity for Griffin and Aaron to really look and make sure he is moving his body right, isn't adding that extra stress on his knees if his knees are hurt. Because it could have been something like he just bumped knees with somebody. Like, it honestly could have been it. That shit hurts. Uh, Y'all know that. I know Jonathan does. Yeah, man.
2: Jesse said it right. I'm just frustrated with how the Pelicans released this information. It's like uh. I don't know. We're trying to decipher a puzzle, and I, and I don't. I really don't know what's the benefit of doing that. It's not football. Like you don't play these guys one week, and they got to do a scouting report, and then plan. Like if, if Zion's gonna be out, he's gonna be out. They they keep saying
1: further testing.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They have their own medical equipment. They have doctors at will. They, you. I'm sorry. Like unless this dude's knee is so swollen. That they can't get a, an accurate MRI, which, if that's the case, then something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah, they should have. The, I, I, I truly do believe the team has an accurate diagnosis. They're just like slowly releasing it. And and yeah, there, was some, there was some interesting comment made during the game, Tyler, where well, some reporter by out,
0: Kristen Kristen Ledlow,
1: she had stated that it's only confirmed that Zion was out this preseason game. You know, like
0: and. And she also said worst case scenario, it's a short term injury at worst. And she made sure to say it like somebody told her to say it. I don't I don't I thought that was strange as well. So if they already know it's a short term injury, what's the mystery behind it? Like what's
2: Yeah, I like I
0: understand the benefits of being
2: tight lipped, right? I understand the benefit the benefits of not saying anything definitive, especially when it comes to injuries. But I mean at the same time, like you have the most hyped prospect in a fan base that is trying desperately to grasp onto this team, like I just feel like this is the first time I kind of disagree with how the front office handled something.
1: And, and interesting, you think,
0: th- th- go ahead. Hal. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was gonna say real quick do y'all think there's gonna be any pressure by the NBA to play Zion if he's not seriously hurt or it's just like a knee bruise or something? No, I doubt
1: it. No, yeah, no, the, the uh, NBA wants Zion to be around for the next. Right, they fifteen see, to twenty they, years. Yeah, I I would
0: agree with y'all. I just know like uh, TNT is just like you sons of bitches. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but then again, like I, I wonder what it actually is, because if 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 Zion was just needed rest, why not just say rest, mm-hmm. you know? And, and as far as in knee soreness, I've I've never heard of somebody having knee soreness, and then being like, it could be it it's going to be in a number of weeks before he comes back. Right. You and can't tell me that soreness. Fuck. I mean, I, I have soreness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't mean I'm going to sit on my ass for for weeks. Right. If it's weeks, there's a tear or, or a partial tear or, or some type of sprain or it a happened. serious yeah. strain or sprain, you know? So just be honest, like just give us, the, just give us the bad news. We're, we're used to it. You know, just yeah. don't tell us something as simple as soreness. Because if you're telling me that, then,
2: it just seems disingenuous from yeah, the Pelicans, exactly. and And, you know, they're taking this approach, too. You heard Gentry say it in his interview today um, that if you have any questions with that, only David Griffin's going to answer those questions. So Gentry can't
1: answer yeah, those questions. So those, that's very different from past. Because right. B- before, Gentry was the mouthpiece.
2: Right, which I'm fine with. Like I'm cool with that. Okay, Griffin, you got to be the the leader of this organization. But at the same time, you're giving us very little. And like Jesse said, what the fuck is right knee soreness, right? Like yeah. what is that? You, we don't That's just a generic he's having pain in his knee. That's all that is. Yep. So, we have no idea and like Jesse said, if it was knee soreness, why is he out weeks? You know, I want to be the guy who's positive about this situation, but with that little information, it makes us err on the side of caution and be kind of negative about the situation. So I think by withholding information from the public, David Griffin, I know you're listening to this podcast, obviously, uh, but by withholding information from us, it it kind of does the opposite of a positive effect. It makes
1: us kind of be thinking about the
2: worst of the yeah, situation. And, and
1: like I said, the, the team has a numerous, the team has numerous ways of evaluating a player yep. and, at the drop of a hat, they could get a doctor in it a diagnose right. anything, whether it's an MRI, x-ray. So if, he, if y'all are waiting for further testing, the only thing that could mean is this dude's knee is the size of a fucking balloon.
2: That's the So yeah, so they can't do it when it's that swollen. Oh, yeah. You're right. Like That's the only thing that
1: it can and do. If that's the case, fluid buildup in the knee is indicative of some type of tear.
2: Yeah, but I mean, he played on it. It happened during the game, and he kept playing. So I don't know. I don't think his adrenaline was that much the way he was playing on a torn yeah. ligament. Yeah,
1: or or yeah, there would most likely be something like a meniscus. Yeah, judging by what they say, the timeline's is going to be, and and I've seen someone tear their meniscus in real life a couple times, and and both times it was something is wrong. I need to stop doing what... And, and they both have been in athletic events. Yeah. And it's both been, I need to come out right now. Something yeah. is wrong. And
2: I saw a guy tear his meniscus while we were playing tennis. And he just was like, I need to... Like, it was the same thing. He just like, I need to come off. We need to go to the hospital. Yeah. That wasn't the case for Zion during the game, though. Yeah. So, and, uh, unless...
1: Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're guessing here. And, and, and yeah. it's hard not to be negative, but we've seen so much BS over the, over yeah. the years. and. <laughs> You know, mm. Dell was kind of like this as well with this vague injury news.
2: Right? Yeah, and and, and what, what Dell was, yeah, he's he has a muscle strain or he has a bone strain, and Drew never played the first half of the season. season. You know, so yeah. like that was that's what we're used to, Griffin. So like, just give us a little bit more information, man. Give us something to work with, and then we can tamper our expectations based off of that.
0: Yeah, and you know, it could be like. Jesse said with the back-to-backs, it could just be them being very overcautious with Zion as well. Like, could you imagine if you're like, like I said earlier, like your biggest investment or whatever, is like any particular one thing wrong with it, aren't you going to go like into super detail to make sure nothing's wrong, you know? So it it could be that as well. Uh, but I, I agree with y'all. That's the other interesting thing is seeing how the Pelicans are handling this. Uh, Cause this is like the first real kind of test for the organization and the stuff we've heard and the transparency we've had. Well, this is this is a place where our fans wanted more transparency, so and we we didn't hopefully get it. we yeah. we didn't get it but yeah and I really want more of the facts before we speculate too much on his knee. Cause I mean, what's to stop them from coming out tomorrow and says he's good to go? What's to stop them from saying he's three weeks, so that that goes back to like they just need to be up front with us. Maybe they couldn't get the test because, like Jesse said, his knees the size of a you know a bowling ball. But
2: But the you know, two two positive things here. First off, we have the best training staff with the best training equipment in all of the NBA right now, handling this situation. So that's a very positive thing that I'm looking forward to. Um, not only this, but in the future as well. And secondly, Nikhil Alexander Walker is still on the team, ladies and gentlemen. So, like, that's a very <laughs> that's a very positive thing. And and maybe this frees up a little bit more minutes for him going forward. So that's a positive thing. But yeah, you're right. You you you're right, uh, Tyler. We wanted more transparency with this organization. To see that not transpire with our first major injury is frustrating as a fan. Hopefully. It's not the norm, and hopefully this injury isn't as serious as what we, as New Orleans basketball fans, are used to. But how are they handling it? Is uh, is definitely a little frustrating for me.
0: But so. let's let's talk about the good on Zion because this man deserves like, you know, a solid bit of time. So, on just high played. yeah, in those yeah, four we kind of we, kinda, we, we got it. We, yeah, we
1: we talked about that. Did We talk about. It? I mean, yeah.
2: yeah, we we talked about it a little bit. We it's four games worth of Zion, and first off, he makes a huge impact when he's on the court. I think that's a positive thing I can say accurately, right, Tyler?
0: Yeah, no. He,
2: <laughs> am, well, I, am I
0: underselling it a little bit? He's yeah. a good basketball yep. player. Yep, you are underselling <laughs> it, my
2: friend. <laughs>
1: You know what? I'm actually going to cut Tyler off before he goes on his little rant right now. Yeah, I was expecting a Tyler
0: rant. I'm not going on a rant. I want y'all to do y'all's thing.
1: (laughs) But more importantly, though, the first game is three days away. Yeah, it's Tuesday. It's at Toronto. Mm -hmm. Then Friday this week, we got the Mavericks at home. Home opener. And then we fly out to Houston to play the Rockets. Mm. So, let's get picks going. What do y'all think? First week of the season, how are the Pelicans doing? We're going to keep track of this and see who's closest to the season. Jonathan, go ahead. Give me what What are the Pelicans going to do this week?
2: So, okay, so we'll do this week. I like this idea. We'll do this week by week. We'll keep track of the record of who's best. With the Zion injury, it's a little frustrating. We have a lot of new pieces that need to fit together. We have the... Next best guard to touch a basketball and Nikhil Alexander Walker. (laughs) So we have a lot of weird mix things that need to work well together. But we are going in against the defending champs. I know they lost Kawhi, but still a great coach. Still a good team. We're going against the Mavericks at home, who I think is
0: the most overhyped team.
2: Bro, in the goddamn
1: league, Zach Lowe is so yeah. high on a Mavericks. Like, wow.
0: Yeah, dude. Too many people are like, uh, they all got. They got Dallas making the playoffs, and I, I don't understand. And, it. and
2: here's all they say. They say, "Oh, dude, we got Porzingis and Luca." That's the first thing they'll say, and that's it. And the second thing they'll say is, Carlisle is a genius." Like those are the two things that I hear nonstop, and I'm just like, yeah, but who? the rest of your team just isn't as deep as some of these other teams that are fighting for playoff positions. All right, and in the third game, we got uh, against Houston. So I'm going to say that we lose our home opener.
1: The home opener?
2: I mean, I'm sorry, the opener, opener. against Toronto. Okay. I'm going to say that we win our home opener. Okay. And just like last season with a team, I think that's worse than the team we currently have, even with Zion. I think we go into Houston and we beat Houston, so that's gonna be uh, a win for the Pelicans. Ha ha. So it, the same as last season, we went into Houston. They were really kind of trying to, um, they were really trying to get used to each other as well. And we went in there and we we dominated that game. I think the same happens. I don't think we're a better team than Houston, but I think catching them early in a season this early
0: is a good thing. So we go two and one their first week of the year. Tyler, you're up. Uh, Yeah, no, I. I that's funny. I agreed with you there, Jonathan. I So can I ask, ex- are we going to say Zion plays or not going to play? We're not sure.
1: Not sure. Just just go ahead and give it. Let's just go ahead and say he's not going to play. Just I, I have a feeling the team is going to sit him out this first week. I have a feeling.
0: Okay, too. if he doesn't play this first week, then I agree with Jonathan. Um, but I might even go 1-2 and two with our only win being versus Dallas uh, and losing to Houston if that's the case. But I actually – I actually agree. We play Houston really well uh, with our pace. Um, for some reason, I don't know why. I mean, who did we beat them with last season? We beat them with like scrubs. Well, well, here's yeah. the here's the deal: Alfred Payton
2: and Drew Holiday are really, really, really good defensive guards. So we shut down mm-hmm. we shut down their guards, and I think we have Lonzo Ball is 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 equally a good defender as Alfred Payton. And Drew Holiday, yeah, maybe still, even he, better. He, maybe even better, but he's equally as good for sure. And he has Drew Holiday right next to him, so they 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 have the task of shutting down um, the uh, dynamic duo of of Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And I think they're up to the task. That's why I think we match up well
0: against them.
1: So Tyler, Ed, is your official picks loss win win?
0: Um, yes. If Zion plays, it's three and zero
2: nah okay, one and two. So, it's, so they won well, one you, game, you, and it you gotta you gotta make a
1: choice here. So,
0: okay, uh, it's two and one. Okay, I'm gonna okay. go uh, with two uh, and one. Two, okay.
1: yeah. So, I'm gonna go a little bit different than you guys. Um, three straight losses. You know, uh, no. Okay, I was about to say I, it's Jesse, not gonna be three. Straight Jesse's straight losses. the guy who that. I actually wow, think it's a gonna Debbie be downer. Uh, I actually think it's gonna be loss, win, loss. Okay. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I don't know, I just feel like the Rockets feel like they have something to prove, yeah, they do um they gotta make sure they they want to prove things work no I, I don't I think it'll be a close game. I think if it was at home, it would swing my pick a little bit a little bit more, but I, I think we'll beat the Mavericks. You want to know something' crazy if you told me Zion was playing, I would have told you we would have beat the Raptors at home. I think so too, man. Um, but unfortunately Zion's not playing. So I think they kind of have a little one up on us. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go loss, win, loss. I, I hope it's win, 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 but loss, win, loss. That's yeah. The going.
0: only thing I, I was looking at is that it is a back to back, uh, at Houston. So
1: yeah, that, that kind of sucks too. And I even think that maybe is that, is that Houston's home opener? I don't think so. Oh, home opener. Actually it might be. Yeah. So yeah. Um yeah, loss win, loss. We'll keep track. Uh and the week after we'll talk about the next games. I think man got a brutal schedule. It's tough, man. It sucks brutal. that. Let's Zion just hope Zion, plays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um I you want my honest opinion? I think Zion comes back first game in November. I could see that. First game in wow. November against the Oklahoma City um, Thunder. um,
2: We never really planned for this, guys, but with Zion being out, who is the one player on his team and I hate making definitive statements like this because it's going to vary game to game. But let's just pretend that we're a hot take ESPN podcast for a second. Who is one player that has to step its game, his game up the most on this team for us to be successful without Zion? Brennan Ingram. That's who I picked as well. What you think, Tyler?
0: Uh, I'm going to say Lonzo Ball because I think uh, Zion gave Lonzo a lot of easy plays for him to make um and he might have to might have to provide a little more scoring now for us so i'm gonna say lonzo
2: yeah so yeah jesse and i brandon ingram um and tyler with lonzo ball i mean i agree on on both of those i think brandon ingram just from a scoring standpoint guys zion's gonna average close to 20 points a game this year i like truly believe that without those 20 points they got to come from somewhere and i think brandon ingram is our most natural scorer out of our starters so I think he's mm-hmm. going to get a lot more opportunities. And if he can get to that mid-range shot, like, my God, he is elite in that mid-range level. Yeah, He can shoot over anybody. That's what Jesse said he likes the most about him, is that he can shoot over anybody. I want to see him shoot over whoever decides to stick him these first week of the season. And he's not bad off, yeah. he's not
1: bad in pick and roll either. He had to play with Jaleel Okafor tonight mm-hmm. in pick and roll. We had no yeah. look past to him on the inside, and, and Jaleel was able to flush it away. But – yeah, I, 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 he, if he is he has to play up to his potential. This is
2: this is his chance, man. Yeah. This is his chance to make a statement. It came a little bit earlier than I was expecting, but let's let's get it, bi. Let's show the world what you got, man.
0: And yeah, Brandon Ingram, I really believe is still an efficient scorer, um, and he shows you that just because of his ability to get to the free throw line, um, and he's a guy you honestly need in the half court when the game slows down someone who can take you know those iso scores uh, can take you off the dribble can get to the basket he's still got some work to do as far as like he's looking a little slow out there and he's still pump faking a lot like he's not sure when to shoot exactly and it looks like he's still trying to find how his game's fitting in with gentry's philosophy but if he starts finding his way i really think he he will be up there and scoring on the team yeah, so. and
2: it's it's usually like a like like we said earlier, man. It's usually like a quiet game from him, and then you look up at the scoreboard, and he's got sixteen points, he's got nineteen points, he's got eighteen points. The, so, so I mean, that that just kind of comes with him making those easy shots in the mid range. He's not doing anything too flashy, but he's making those easy shots. He's shooting his free throws really well tonight. He was four for five up in New York. Um, in the previous game, he was five for six. So he's getting to the free throw line. He's making his free throws. He's making his easy buckets. And You look up at the scoreboard, and he's got 16, 18, 20 points.
1: Yeah, the the only game Brandon Ingram disappointed me was the Bulls game. He just came out yeah. and looked like he was going to yeah. get his no matter what and just played out of control, and it looked like maybe a couple of days later, like, you know, a couple of days off of practice, and everyone was like, yo, look, that's not what this team is about. This team is about sharing the ball and getting yours quietly. When he gets his quietly, it usually bodes well for the Pelicans. And it's a lot easier
2: for him. Yeah. You yeah. know, like you notice when he's trying to force. Brandon Ingram's the guy. Like Lonzo, we want to force the issue because we think he's going to be in a position to make the right play, make the right pass, make the right decision. Brandon Ingram's not that guy. Like we don't want him to force the issue. We want the game to come to him because it comes so naturally to him. He's six foot ten. He shoots over people. He's very quick with the ball in his hand. He can get to it at whatever position he wants on the court. And he can take an easy shot. If he lets it come to him, it's going to come to him. You don't have to force the issue. And he will have to do that if the Pelicans are going to be successful this first
1: week without Zion Williamson. Well agreed. Yeah, agreed. And here we are going into the regular season. This is what we've been waiting for. It starts in a couple days. And uh, unfortunately, we don't know if we'll have our future best player, or uh, if you ask some people, are already best player. But regardless, yeah. I'm still excited for the season to start. You know, you know what, have you You know, it out- you know sucks.
2: By the way, before I let you go, Tyler, what episode are we on? Do you know? Thirteen, unlucky fucking thirteen, no. Jesse. Unlucky wow. number what thirteen, the... and Zion gets injured. We should have saw it coming. We got to put out another podcast as soon as we can to get over this goddamn thirteen jinx. I'm sorry, Tyler. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, are y'all refreshing y'all's feeds like as much as I am? Like I, was, I haven't done it this much since free agency, I guess.
2: I was yesterday. Today, I,
0: I kind of took a little bit of a step yeah, back. Today,
1: I, yeah, I, I It's gonna, it's gonna come when it comes. Just like it, it happened. Like when the official news release comes, it's gonna be released through the Pelicans app first. And it, it, I mean, when it gets released, it gets released. Obviously, they're just gonna have a generic statement, and Wash is gonna have a more detailed statement, probably. But I, I it's just, I'm just ready to get to the season. Let's get, let, let's see what we got. For a real NBA game and move forward from there. I do, mean, y'all,
2: uh, do y'all have any big plans to watch the game anywhere? Um,
1: from the inside of my work
0: vehicle. Are you working? Tyler, yeah. you, you worked that night or No. Yeah, I'm going to go to a North Dakota bar and watch a Pelicans game. Lame. <laughs> the one? Yeah. No. The one bar no. The Dakota. one bar. <laughs> they, they actually got some bars out here. It's yeah. Actually, people drink a lot out here. Yeah, and I guess so. There's
1: nothing else to do. do yep, pretty <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: Think that, I think that'd be a cool thing, man. Like, if, if you follow the podcast, if you follow us on Twitter, like, shoot us a picture of where you're watching the game from and we'll retweet it and we'll put it on the podcast.
1: All right, guys. Thank you all for listening again. And, uh, We'll be back next Sunday, recap the games that were played, unless some huge news comes out that we have to do a little emergency pod. But for the most part, we'll just be recapping the games next week, talking about whether or not we get to see Zion or, or any other energy updates. But thank you guys for listening, and I keep checking out the podcast.
0: Nikhil Alexander-Walker, ladies. Please let Zion play. <laughs>